Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am Ashley, and if this is your first time here, welcome in. And if you've been here before, welcome back. I have to share something with all of you. So I've been having a little bit of a problem that I've been trying to solve for the last few months in my business. And I'm not quite ready to share the problem or the solution, but I promise that I will when I'm ready. But yesterday, the stars aligned. And... I, someone asked me some really good questions, which kind of like opened my mind and I suddenly had all of the answers and I was so excited to jump on here today and to share that with you because this is not the topic of today's episode and don't worry, I am going to dive into the topic of today's episode, but I, I just, it was such a big takeaway for me because I keep learning this lesson over and over and over again. And the lesson is that oftentimes when there's a problem, Simply asking better questions and remaining open-minded is where you're going to find the solution to the problem. And I, I just keep getting reminded of this. Like this keeps happening to me and I keep learning this lesson over and over and over again. I'm a person, I like to reach my goals. And so I tend to get a little bit like forcey or forceful, I guess is the technical word, uh, when I'm trying to reach a goal. And I keep having these experiences where I, it's just made abundantly clear that I don't need to force things. If I can open my mind, ask better questions and remove some of my limitations. So I'll try to give you an example of like what's happening without quite delving into all the details, but I promise I will share this with you when I feel ready. So it's this problem that I've been trying to solve. And in my head for the last year, I've been like, okay, this is the way it's going to be. I have to do this, this, and this, and then I'm going to get to my goal. And that's the way it needs to be. And when I get there, it's going to be great. <laughs> and I recently had someone ask me some questions of like, well, is that the way it has to be? And initially I was like, yes, absolutely. Like this has been my goal for the last year. That's the way it has to be. Like that is what I'm doing. Um, but I caught myself putting my own limitations on the situation and I said, you know what? I actually, I'm going to have to think about your questions. I'm going to have to think about if this is the way that it has to be. And so I took a couple of days and I just, I didn't, I, I wasn't fully convinced that, um, that the questions this person asked me would lead to anything, but I just tried to remain open-minded of like, what if this isn't the way it has to be? What if there are other things that I'm not considering? And I was driving to a yoga class and all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, I got this image in my mind of this huge idea that like, I've had this idea before, but it never connected. And it was like, I felt like in my mind, it was a picture of like a crime show where they have those boards with all the pictures of all the people and they have the pieces of yarn that are like connecting all the dots. And that's what happened in my brain. And I was, it was just this huge realization. So I guess in sharing that with you, I just wanted to remind you all and myself, because this is a lesson I keep learning, that sometimes we put our own limitations on things, right? Like sometimes we have very specific ideas about how things have to be. And the solution to the problem 
or the next thing that could change your life in a wildly positive way could lie just beyond questioning that, like questioning your certainty and maybe asking yourself, is that the way it has to be? And I've even talked about this like a little bit in other podcast episodes. This is not a new lesson for me, but I'm just, I was so excited to share it with you all because I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a seemingly simple solution, but I was in my own way about it. And I see that happen a lot with clients. I see that happen with a lot of teachers where people make up their minds about things. And I've talked about this before of like, I can't charge more because this is the market rate in my area. If I charge more, like people are going to balk at the price. That's an example of someone really placing their own limiting beliefs on something. And instead of, you know, thinking in that way, if you can just question like, is that true? Is that actually true? Is this the highest I could charge? All of a sudden your brain is solving for a different problem, right? Your brain's not asking, are you charging the market rate? Are you able to charge more in your market? Your brain is asking, is it possible for me to charge more? And then what happens is your subconscious kind of creeps in and starts to think like, ooh, maybe there are ways I could charge more. And you start to come up with really creative solutions that you might not have otherwise thought of. So I'm not gonna go on and on about this, but I just wanted to leave you with that. If there's anything that you think is a limitation, just question it. Question how true your reasoning is for the limitation that's in place and give yourself a few days and see if your brain comes up with some other creative solutions. All right, we're gonna step into today's topic. So we're gonna be talking about three steps to make hard conversations with clients easier. And this is a topic that I feel really passionately about because I hear a lot of problems in this area and people come to me a lot of like, what do I do in this situation? Or what do I do in this situation? What, what should I say to this parent? What should I say to this student? And I think that there are a lot of places that difficult conversations can come up right? As a business owner, there's always room for error. There's always room for miscommunication. And there's just topics that can become kind of heated. And so it makes sense that from time to time, ideally not very often, but from time to time, we have to have those difficult conversations with clients. But I'm hoping that in today's episode, I can give you three steps that are really going to help you make these conversations easier. And it doesn't even matter the subject matter um, of these conversations. The steps that I'm going to give you will work for pretty much any discussion that you need to have with a potential customer, with a current customer, with anyone in your business. Maybe you're hiring and, and employing people. These steps are going to make it easier. So some examples of difficult conversations that might come up um, that you might be experiencing is like you're nervous to communicate to your students that you're raising your rates right? Or you're really tired of having the same conversation over and over again with the families that aren't paying on time or that maybe aren't paying at all or that are asking to reschedule all the time or asking for makeup lessons or just making your life chaotic, right? Anytime you need to communicate changes in your policies or changes to what you're doing, that can be uh, the, the breeding ground for difficult conversations. And then also anytime that clients have an issue, also, right? Like sometimes clients or students come to us with issues of like, you know, I want my child to be practicing more and they're not practicing more. What can I do? Or my student isn't getting my, I'm sorry, my child isn't getting as much out of lessons as I want them to, or I'm not getting as much out of this experience as I want to. So let's dive into these steps. Um, these are things that you can keep in mind and things that you can implement today that are going to make these conversations so much easier. So the very first step is that in any communication that you have, period, 
whether it is with potential clients, whether it is with current clients, whether it is with people that you employ, anytime you are talking about your business, you need to make it about the business, not about you personally. Now, I'm going to dive a little deeper into this and give you some examples and some ways that you can do this. So for example, if you're going to be raising your rates, oftentimes what people do is they are thinking about the business as themselves. And this is especially common if you are a one, a one person shop, right? If this is your private studio and you're the only teacher and you're also the person that is running the business side of it, then it's really easy to communicate with people and say, oh, I'm raising my rates. That's personal. And I would have a hard time telling someone that I was inflicting this change on them, right? That it was me personally. I've made the personal decision that I am going to charge you money. I'm going to take more money out of your pocket. That is terrifying. That's a really difficult conversation to have. But if you make it about the business and not about you, it becomes significantly easier. And so shifting from I'm raising my rates to a statement like, in Ashley Young Music Studio going forward from September 1st, 2023 into the future, rates are as follows. Very different, right? Because all of a sudden it's the studio or the business that is making the change. And that simple wording communicates a lot of stuff. It communicates that it's not you personally that's making this decision. It's communicating that you are a professional, you know what you're doing and you're making choices that impact an entire business, not just you personally. Um, another example of this would be issues with like rescheduling or students that are wanting lessons outside of, of the times that you want to teach. So we all know when we're the teacher and we're providing the lessons, there are times we don't want to teach. Like this has varied for me throughout the years. It used to be that I would teach until 8 p.m. And then I got really bold and I was like, I'm not going to teach after 7 p.m. anymore. And then I got really bold and I was like, I'm not going to teach after 6 p.m. I'm now at the point where my workday ends at 2 p.m. Right. And so there's varying times that you're going to be done teaching and you have those personal boundaries of like, I don't want to teach on the weekends or I don't want to teach on this day. And in the topic of rescheduling or scheduling lessons, it's really common for teachers to give up their time, right? To make exceptions for those students that are like, we have no other lesson time that will work. We have to do it on this day and this time. And when it's you as a person discussing that with a student that is a person, it can just feel a little bit like a battle of wills or a little bit like, you know, okay, I'm going to have to give up my own personal time in order to accommodate this student. And that eventually leads to resentment and burnout and all sorts of negative things. But similarly with my last point about rates, if you make it about the business or about your studio, it becomes a moot point. So when you're discussing scheduling with students, it's not, I don't have time. It's not, I don't teach after 6 PM. It's the studio is closed after 5 PM. The studio is closed on weekends. The studio is going to be closed for these two weeks for the holiday break in December and January. And it's not about you and the times that you will or won't teach. And it's not about you taking away personal time from your family. It's about the business hours and setting business hours and maintaining those business hours and sticking to them is huge. So these are examples of how in communications with clients, you are making it about the business, 
not about you. Not only does this leave less wiggle room and make it a lot more clear for the clients or the potential clients, what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. It also makes it significantly easier for you to have those conversations because you have business hours in place. You're not sent into a panic. Every time someone asks for a lesson on the weekend, you're clear about it upfront that first of all, these are the hours of the business were closed on weekends. And then when, whenever someone asks you, it doesn't send you into that spiral of like, oh my gosh, how do I explain this? How do I, how do I make sure I'm not teaching on the weekend? It's just, nope, sorry, the studio is closed on the weekends. So I hope you can see how powerful that is because it is a total game changer when it comes to having those difficult conversations. And in fact, it makes those conversations not nearly as difficult. And once you just set those, like you come up with the wording the one time, I actually recommend, I, I genuinely used to keep it on my wall hanging in front of my computer because that way when I would get the email, instead of panicking, I would just look up at the wording and literally copy paste or like type it out again, exactly how I wrote it the first time. It saves you time. It saves you energy. It saves you all of the emotion about it because you already have the canned response. And of course you can adjust that response as needed, but you already have the canned response and it's about the business. It's not about you. Okay. Let's go on to step two. So step two is you do not over explain things right now. Ideally, if you're doing step one and you're making things about the business, that's going to be helpful with step two of not over explaining because when you're making choices and you're just communicating, like these are the business practices, this is how the business is run. This is how the business operates. It leaves less room for over explaining. Like it's, it's less necessary to over explain, but I will give you a couple of examples with this as well. So oftentimes when I am working with people to raise their rates, um, they will come up with the announcement to the studio and they'll, it's gonna, it's like six paragraphs long, right? And they're trying to communicate that they're raising their rates. Something that could be done in one sentence, three or four, if you wanna really go above and beyond and be kind, but they have six paragraphs explaining why they are raising their rates explaining, you know, the inflation and, you know, here's all the extra stuff I'm going to do. And just a reminder, here's all that you've gotten from me in the past. And, you know, here's why I'm going to give you 50 reasons why I'm justifying raising my rate. And what happens when you over explain is you put doubt in people's heads that didn't exist before. So you might have a student where if you said I'm raising my rates, they wouldn't blink twice. But because you wrote out a six paragraph email saying, this is why I'm raising my rate and here's how I'm justifying it. And this is why you shouldn't quit. They can tell you're really nervous about it. They can tell that it doesn't seem like you're super confident in your rate raise. And then maybe they start to question the value that they're getting. They start to question if it is really worth it to be paying you that much. And all of a sudden you've introduced this doubt that wasn't there before because you're over explaining. Now, the other thing is that it's just not necessary because businesses raise their rates all the time. And uh, the, one of the best examples I heard, um, oh, and I'm so sorry, because I'm, I'm going to, I'm totally blanking on where I heard this. I think it was, I don't want to misquote it, but I, I was reading a book at one point. I think it came from a book and someone was talking about this concept of raising your rates and this tendency of over explaining. And it, it just really resonated with me because it's what I see with my clients as well. And they were like, you know, think about if you go into the grocery store. And you notice like what has happened in the United States with a lot of us this year, that all of a sudden a gallon of milk costs twice as much, or let's say eggs, right? I am paying literally maybe more than twice as much for my eggs as I used to. Did I get an email from the grocery store explaining why the cost of eggs was going up? 
Did I get any sort of justification? Did the manufacturer of the eggs or the farm where they came from, did they send me an email? Did they send me 15 text messages about it? Did they broadcast a notice on their social media page about why the rates were going up? No, because they're a business and they reserve the right to change their rates. And if I don't want to buy those eggs, I don't have to buy those eggs. Right. But I, I need eggs and I like the brand that I buy. And so even though they raise their rates, I see the value and I'm going to just pay those higher rates. And so you don't need to over explain. You are a business owner. You have a business. Your studio is a business. It doesn't matter if you are a one, one person show. It doesn't matter how many students you have. Even if you are one teacher teaching one student, it is a business and you do not need to over explain. And the same is true with any other issue with scheduling. When someone asks for a makeup lesson and they ask for a time that you don't normally offer, do not over explain. No is a sentence, right? And of course you can go beyond that and you can be kind about it and you can say, oh, you know, unfortunately the studio is closed at that time. Sorry for the inconvenience. Let's try another time. You know, you can be kind about it. You can be a human about it, but really all you have to say is no. You do not need to over explain your reasoning. You, don't not, you do not need to over explain why you're raising your rates. You don't need to over explain anything. So that is step two. All right, step three is to be clear, direct, and human. And you can kind of see how step one and step two, if you're doing those things, then step three just makes a lot of sense, right? It's kind of a given that you're going to be being clear and direct because you're not over explaining, you're making it about the business, but there's still more room for being very clear and very direct. And I would actually say to also simplify things, to think about making things as easy for the customer as possible. And I talked a little bit about this in the last episode, actually, when I was talking about the marketing mistakes that people make of like, you need it, you need things to be really clear, right? Because if things aren't clear, like next steps, when students want to sign up for lessons with you, or, you know, in this context, if it's not clear in your studio policy, how people pay you, you're going to have a lot of trouble tracking down payments. If it's not clear how much people are supposed to pay you, you're going to have a lot of questions about how much money people owe. If it's not really clear, how much you expect people to practice, you're going to get a lot of students that aren't practicing. And so when you, my encouragement here is if you think about the main issues that you have in your studio, so the conversations that you're frustrated by, the conversations that you feel like you're having over and over and over again, I almost always see teachers getting frustrated with the students, getting frustrated with the families, getting frustrated with the clients of like, why is nobody practicing? Why is everybody so overscheduled and not prioritizing piano? Why X, Y, and Z? You know, the clients are doing these things that are really obnoxious. But if you are being clear and direct and simple about your expectations and you're communicating those in a way that is clear and direct and easy to understand, you won't have those issues, right? It might be a little bit of a journey to get there, but you will not have those issues. If you are having those repeated conversations, it's because your policies are not clear enough. They are not simple enough. They are not direct enough. And so I would advise you to use steps one and two to help you maybe revamp some of those policies or to communicate to your clients going forward in this new way so that one, you're having less of those frustrating conversations. Um, and two, it's just a lot more clear for people from the very beginning. It's always a, one, one disclaimer I will say is like when you communicate new policy changes or new scheduling changes or new rate changes, of course, if it's new, if it's like a new change for existing students, 
they're your existing students. You have a relationship with them. And so there will be maybe some back and forth and some questions. And obviously I'm not telling you to be ruthless. Like you are a human, you know, your students, you know, your clients, you can be human and you can answer those questions. But the great thing about making it about the business in step one, not over explaining in step two and being clear and direct and simple in step three is that going forward, any new relationship that you start is going to have significantly less issues with communication and your existing students, there might be a little bit of a transition period, but it will get to the point eventually where they are familiar with the new policies. They're familiar with the way you're doing things. You're more clear, you're more direct. And, and so you have a lot less of those conversations. Okay. So, um, this is a topic in case you can tell that is very near and dear to my heart because I love helping you save time and energy. I love helping you be able to do things in a much smarter way so that it feels simpler and it feels like your business gives you life and gives you energy and helps you have the life you want as opposed to your business sucking your energy from you or taking all of your time. So I hope that was helpful. If it was, go ahead and share a screenshot on your social media. Recommend this podcast to a friend. If you wouldn't mind taking like 30 seconds and rating or writing a review for the podcast, that would be amazing. Um, it helps get this podcast out to more people. And it also, I, I, not in, not in an ego way, but it genuinely lights up my day to know that I am helping people. That is my goal here, right? Like that is why I am here talking to you on this microphone every week. I want to enact positive change in your life and in your business. And if that's happening and you let me know about it, uh, it makes my whole entire day and my whole entire week. So I hope you have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next week. Have a great one, everybody. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to get to know you.